0: Are you honoring with your work today welcome to the no boring stories podcast you know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience clarify your message and grow your business and impact like never before that's why i'm here each episode bringing you transformative stories expert storytellers and my signature storytelling tools all to help you tell a better story because there's no such thing as boring stories just boring storytellers I'm your host, Alex Street, and I have severe anaphylactic food allergies to peanuts, nuts, eggs, and milk, and let's celebrate that I'm still here today. Today on the show, we've got Leah Smith, and Leah is a women's nutrition and wellness coach with Beyond Measure Nutrition. She is here today to share her story of growing up, not really appreciating her body, starting diets early, and trying to find out how to honor herself and who she is and truly love her body. She does this while also honoring her father who passed away suddenly. And I'm telling you, you are gonna get so much out of this episode if you have felt like you have an impact to make but you're not sure where that is. If you've ever felt like you don't belong or you've had somebody close to you pass away, this is a relatable story that you're gonna love. Look, if something stands out to you in this episode, then please share this episode on social media so that others can experience the same kind of transformation. Don't forget to rate and review this on your podcast player and know that I know you could be anywhere in the world right now, but you are choosing to be here and engage with these not boring stories. I am forever grateful for that. So Enjoy this conversation with Leah Smith. Let's get into it. Welcome again to the No Boring Stories podcast. I, of course, am Alex Street, and I am joined today by Leah Smith. How are you all the way from the other coast in Canada here? How are you doing today?
1: Really good, thank you. It's beautiful, sunny, love it.
0: Gosh, what more could you ask for? It's so uh, good to have you here. This, of course, is the place where we just don't have any boring stories told or talked about. Well, maybe we'll talk about boring stories just so that we can make them unboring stories. But yours is anything but, and I know that you're here to share your story and to help other women see that their stories aren't boring either, that they have a transformation that has happened or is happening. And if they can relate to your story in any way, then um, then you're here to help them see, see what's possible, right?
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely.
0: That's the beauty of it. I love it. It is so exciting. Um, let's get, I want to start off with, so in this little form that I have, you know, when I say, hey, you want to be on my podcast, I send you this form that gets all these nitty gritty details um from you, you know, what is your story? Let's just get a grip on that. Let's just see what that looks like. What's your bio, all those things? And then there's a couple questions that I ask that um really just to see who like who do you look up to and what has made an impact in your life? And the the two questions are who are the best storytellers and what are the best stories? And so you said for best storytellers that there's I mean <laughs> You said Brene Brown, Oprah, Steve Jobs. And we were just talking before this that you've been listening to the Simon Sinek podcast a lot recently. I mean, those are heavy hitters right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so tell me about them and it, like who, what is it about those people, those massive names in communication? that that really stands out to you? Or, I mean, again, we were talking about Simon Sinek right before this, so maybe he's the one that's top of mind right now, but what is it about them that sticks out?
1: I think with all of them, they are people that obviously have crafted beautiful stories and can communicate so well with people and they make a difference with what they do because Mm. of the stories that they tell and that they help tell. And that is why I love them all so much.
0: Okay, the stories that they help tell. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing, right? So we're not just storyteller. We're not just showing up and and telling our own story or telling from our own experiences. But that little piece right there, I think is going to be really important to who you are that mm-hmm. you just drew attention to, the stories that they help tell. What does that mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know for me... And it's something that's said so often these days, but I really want to make an impact with
2: Mm -hmm.
1: other people and with women specifically. And again, we, you know, we hear that a lot these days, but when we help people feel strong and confident and then they can show up as their best selves and make the difference that they are meant to make in the world, that just has this beautiful ripple effect, right? So for me, whether that is health and wellness-based or, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter what area that is, if it's somebody is supposed to be the best stay-at-home mom in the world, then I just think that is the most amazing thing. But people need to know that they that they are their best version of themselves, that they are enough, that they are important.
0: Yeah, yeah. that their story matters.
1: Right? Yes, exactly. So,
0: <laughs> so part of that is just, yeah, Steve Jobs. Wow, what a story. Oh, what a story. Brene Brown, what a story. Like when they tell their own journey, um, Simon Sinek, what a story. And and But what they do that is so fascinating, and especially we were talking about the Simon Sinek podcast, mm-hmm. what he does with his guests is really set the table to allow them to speak. And I almost picture this as being like a dinner table, right? I mean, we're going to get into your story and everything. I know this is just setting up the, conver- this is setting up the conversation as we do this. But it really is kind of like a dinner table and like you're inviting guests over. You're setting all this up you're creating a meal, what? So that conversation can happen, so that you can get to know these people, so that maybe you might just be able to share an experience with these people that changes them as they leave here, right? And isn't that what these conversations are? Isn't that what these opportunities are? Isn't that why you have a business, Leah? Mm -hmm. So that you can create a space where conversations can happen, moments can be created that do form a bit of a different story in these women's lives that, that they may have seen themselves as less than, and now see themselves as valuable, that they matter, which is going to shift radically their story as they leave that conversation with you. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And isn't that the the beautiful impact that we can all make? I want to come back to the point that you said, you know, you want to make an impact. And we hear that a lot these days. Mm -hmm. There's a bit of a of a devaluing in that, even as you say that, which is really interesting to me. Um, because of course we want to make an impact, but I want to get into this now. I want to hear your story. Um, I want to hear where you're at and what you do and why you do it. So are you good to,
1: to shift into that? Yeah, Yeah,
0: you are. Okay. So tell me, tell me what it is that you're doing now. What do you do now? And what, what impact does it make?
1: I am a nutrition and wellness coach for women, and I focus a lot on having, like you say, people be able to be their best confident version of themselves. So, Mm -hmm. yes, a lot of what I do is around nutrition and relationship with food and fueling their bodies for activity. But in coming from a place where I grew up obese and starting
0: on, happy. hang on, hang, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> I love this. You're, you're trying, you're like, I want to go back into my story, but yeah. I just want to hear where you're at. Just what you do now. So if you uh, like keep explaining where, where I'm
1: at now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, you now know, the I impact love... that
0: that makes, as you say, it has con it creates confident women. And yes, is, is that right?
1: so I have a business called beyond measure nutrition. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I want to make an impact in my clients lives and have them be able to have an impact in, you know, their mm. friends and families' lives because they feel amazing in, yeah. in their own, what does thing- that
0: amazing feeling look like or feel like, what does that, feel amazing that, how what does that actually do for them as they kind of uh you know,
1: applying uh, for like new jobs that they were yeah. you know afraid to do or leaving a toxic relationship or it just you know going for these opportunities and doing these things that scared them because they didn't feel enough that that is what it's about
0: so oh man you see like i just love this this is so beautiful so you as a nutrition and wellness coach, you're like, yeah, I help people with their relationship with food and to see themselves and their their habits differently. And what happens when you work with them is that they they will f- develop this new sense of self to realize maybe for the first time that they are valuable,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that they are enough, you said. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they might go and, uh, yeah, start get uh, apply for a new job or quit an old job or Mm -hmm. do something that they've been afraid of because they haven't thought that they're worth it before that. Yeah, I I love the progression there, and and as you say, you're like, yeah, I want to make an impact. Of course, you want to make that impact. Of course, you do, because that's what's going to change the world. But also, I'm sure that that's what your story is as well. And so now we get to go back and I want to say like, so where does that begin for you? That idea of not being enough. Um, Is that something that you grew up with feeling that or seeing other people feel that? Um, Yeah. Where does that, where does that start for you? Uh,
1: Where, it started, I think, was I was raised by a super fierce, independent, single mama. Mm-hmm. And I know her relationship. And now this is my story. And it's not, you know, my place really to tell hers. But mm-hmm. from my view her relationship with food and her body wasn't amazing. And there was always a struggle there. And I know for me, that relationship with my body and food started really young. So I started my first diet at the age of eight and I saw how women were treated based on their appearance. Mm -hmm. And
0: how, like, how does that, what did you see? Like, what, what, how does that show up?
1: Uh, In terms of, say, women in my family that were, you know, more like fit, and they mm-hmm. were leaner, and that they were always told that they were beautiful, and, you know, all of these external things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And... They would talk about the ease of things, and then there was me that was obese and Mm -hmm. not feeling beautiful, and
0: and things weren't easy.
1: They weren't. They didn't feel easy. (laughs) It's
0: interesting. As a as a ten year, eight eight nine ten year old, I don't think about kids thinking like seeing that and thinking. Wow, you're talking about how easy things are, but for me, things are really difficult.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? I just don't think that we often give give kids credit for for translating what's really going on
2: mm-hmm.
0: here for 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 seeing, for just having an eye and having an ear and and seeing what's happening, and then translating that into their own story. And that was happening for you at, at that age.
1: I I agree. And I don't have children myself, but I, I always think that when, you know, I'm talking to my nieces and nephews yeah, and yeah. remember how people would talk to me kind of, quote unquote, as a child. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I know more of what is going on here. So, yeah.
0: Okay. So you're seeing this, you're seeing how women are treated differently according to their physical appearance and then you go and look at yourself and you realize like i i don't look like them so there's a value there's already a value-based uh, opinion mm-hmm. of yourself what and take me just like what's the you know eight years old diet why why did you was that your decision? was that somebody was that somebody influencing you to do that?
1: No no, it was yeah, it was my decision. I remember there was a comment from a more distant family member about something that I was eating sure. yeah. and I still remember that comment very well and was probably part of the start of a really poor relationship with food Wow and i I then wanted to make a change and I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of realizing as I'm saying this, that then I've always been someone that kind of goes into research mode. Right. Mm -hmm. So even at that age, it was like, okay, so this is a problem. Now, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And so I think I approached my mom and I, I was obese. I wasn't just a little heavier. I was, I was obese and so my mom being who she is absolutely wanted to support me and we recently had a conversation about this and she said you weren't eight there's no way like and I was like I was you know I, I was and um yeah so she just always did whatever she could to support me and I think you know, tried to follow yeah. the same diet I was, or, or whatever.
0: So yeah, that's kind of how it started. Oh, I, love, I mean, there's something that really stood out to me, and I, I want to jump forward here and kind of see how that, how that shifts, how or how that shapes, you know, the next few years of your life, and and I don't know, um, to get you to to who you are now. But there's something really important that stood out there where you're like, I still remember that one comment.
1: Yeah. Isn't it
0: crazy how you're like, I don't remember you know, for many of us, we're like, I don't remember going to Disney World at eight years old, but I remember when Johnny said this about me in Mm -hmm. a passing comment one random Tuesday night. I remember that. And nobody made a big deal of it, but I remember it, and he would never even remember that I existed. Like, it's so... I'm so fascinated by the fact that those stick to our memory. And I think what it is, it's, it's, it's almost like your brain remembers it for a bit, and then as you latch on it, it becomes this real, like a mainstay, right? It's
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the movie Inside Out, the Pixar, have you seen that?
1: No, I don't like, think, no, oh, I haven't.
0: Goodness, the Pixar movie where it's all about the emotions and what's going on in a 12-year-old's brain. And at one point there's this, one of the emotions goes and gets an idea, and it's like a light bulb, and then screws it in. And then it actually, like, goes in when they show the character, like, thinking, yeah, that's what I want to do. So it's just an idea until we accept it, and then it becomes, you know, part of our identity and something that we have to do. And those little moments in our stories that can become really big characters, as it were, Mm -hmm. um, that you just wouldn't even notice otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating stuff. And I think that we all have it. And, and many of us, if we're honest, have made significant life decisions based on simple conversations. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where do we go from here? Oh, um, <laughs> is that?
1: I know now I'm thinking about all of those moments. <laughs> all
0: of them. Yeah. Uh, so Okay, so you go forward. That's how that so now we've 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 kind of created this. Okay, there's this foundational mindset around the way that women are are seen and how you feel about yourself. How does that carry through high school, university, college? Like what what shows up there and how does this play itself out?
1: Right. Um, so I continued to struggle mm-hmm. in a you know, try a new diet, lose some weight, gain gain more back type of way and uh still didn't find a good balance until i started to think more about my health in my Mm -hmm. mid mid earlier 20s because it was it was truly always about the aesthetic it was always about you know yeah looking (laughs) looking a certain way Mm -hmm. and until it really became about my health then things really changed
0: so were you were you an athlete in no. high school oh my
1: goodness not at all <laughs> <laughs> no so I did ride horses quite no way. <laughs> yeah um I rode horses quite competitively but fun okay. fact I'm actually legally blind in my left eye so well I'm blessed in the sense that I have decent depth perception I you know, still Leah and sports is like a bit of a joke yeah When did
0: the blindness <laughs> thing happen
1: or Was that uh, since birth We we think I was born that way I, I I was able to pass tests and stuff when I was younger yeah. and then one day I was like, "Oh yeah, no I'm I'm like my dad and my parents were like, "Excuse me, what?" <laughs> Cuz he couldn't see it of his left eye as well. So,
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, "Well, let's get her tested again." Exactly. Um, yeah. So you go so you're so were you wearing glasses to, to fix that or something like all through? I did,
1: I did go through like a whole glasses patching process when I was yeah I think eight around okay. around that
0: time yeah and riding horses and wow. you can't see when you turn left but the horse can <laughs> thankfully maybe that's why horse riding is such a good thing because you've got an extra set of eyes there, there taking go. the wheel okay
1: the only um, time it ever shows up is at the grocery store I'll sometimes turn my shopping cart into somebody but
0: <laughs> you're like sorry it's it's this you just need to wear an eye patch and then that would do it say so, yeah um yeah <laughs> Okay, but here's here's what shows up. It's funny because that that this is the kind of thing, again, as a storyteller, I just see metaphor all over the place and and all the imagery there. And for you to to say, I've never had, you know, perfect vision, as it were, legally blind in one eye and and so much of your stories about how you saw yourself. Mm. Um, It's just I mean, there's just this beautiful image there that you actually when you look in the mirror, you didn't you couldn't see yourself um you know fully for who you were there's like there's just something lacking there is that fair to say or is that like crossing a line
1: no my gosh not crossing a line i'm i'm absolutely an open booker i'm like i wouldn't have said that on a podcast yeah brilliant and honestly a lot of people probably don't know that about me i think we can We can have these things or sometimes I'll see because I'm also a a nurse as well. And so sometimes we can have a diagnosis, right? Or somebody Mm -hmm. can have a diagnosis and it becomes their identity. But I am not somebody that thinks that way, right? So it's honestly something that doesn't even cross my mind really day to day at all. Yeah. Um, Yeah, unless at the grocery store once in a while. (laughs) But yeah, but I love, I love the thought of that imagery, though. That's beautiful.
0: I mean, it's just, I I imagine as we go through this, like, this is what's happening in my brain, right? I'm starting to think, okay, so what is this? Like, what's the shift here? And it's something about, you know, it, it really comes down to how you see, how you see, how you see yourself, how you see others. Like there's nothing, there's nothing, there's no difference between those women and you earlier on. It was just what they talked about and how they talked about themselves and how they saw themselves or how they, how others saw them or how you saw yourself or how you thought that others saw you, yes. which is so much of like junior high and high school is trying to figure out how do people see me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of us carry that through into adulthood but as you say, it was an aesthetic thing until it wasn't. Yeah. Until it became a health thing. So yeah. what was that shift? How did that show up and and draw uh, and really demand your attention?
1: Um, so a couple of things kind of happened all at once. So one, I was applying for nursing school and I am somebody that, again, I love to be an open book. Authenticity is Mm -hmm. my number one value. And although I hadn't identified it at that point, I think I was feeling like I was going into healthcare, yet I wasn't healthy, right? Mm -hmm. And which is, of course, so common. But for me, that didn't sit right. And then the week that I got accepted into nursing school, my father was killed in a motorcycle accident. Mm. And of course that was unexpected and hard, but I woke up a couple of days afterwards and said, how can I honor him? And I knew that meant living a different version of my life than I had been. No more.
0: What. Yeah. Why? Like what, what, um, first of all, so your parents, so you were raised by a single mom. So your parents mm-hmm. split. Yeah. They separated on.
1: when I was seven, just turning eight.
0: And you had a close relationship with your dad then up to that point?
1: Well, before they, yep. Yeah, very, very close. Yeah until, yeah, yeah. until they had separated and then we became quite a bit more distant.
0: Okay. And so when you think, how can I honor him? What was it about? You're like, not living the way that I've been living.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. What's so, what was so unhonorable? Is that a word? Not yeah. honorable Um, about your first 20, what, 23, 22 years? Um,
1: it, I think it was that So my father was a complicated man, but Mm -hmm. he was a good person and was very authentic to who he was. And for me, it was the fact that I knew I was holding myself back in so many areas of my life because of my lack of confidence and Mm. not having that self-worth. I was always telling myself that I, you know, I couldn't do things or why go for that, you know, not worthy, all of that kind of stuff. So I don't know why or how, but suddenly when he passed away, it became very clear that, yes, we only get one life and you never know what is going to happen. Yeah. I think I was quite a planner beforehand and that kind of, you know, shook things up for me a little bit. And so I decided to act as if his, my, my loss was a gift, mm. a way to be more spontaneous and to live really authentically and to go for those things that I, that I was afraid to do.
0: <laughs> I mean, is it that easy to to just, uh, easy is not the word, like, I mean, you like, but you know as you're going through this grief and and deciding okay how can i honor there's got to be a shift here and the shift is authenticity and spontaneity and um and value and worth these aren't small things you're not like all right the shift i'm going to make is i'm going to um buy i'm going to go to this coffee shop instead of that coffee shop you know what i mean like it's not you're know, like i'm going to honor him by restoring a car that he would have loved. <laughs> You're like, I'm. I'm going to honor him by actually like rewiring significant beliefs about myself and my worldview.
1: Yeah, it, it, <laughs> how does it, that it, happen? It it was that easy. It felt like a light switch just flicking. Wow. And I mean, I didn't know how I was going to do it right Mm -hmm. I I didn't know any of that it was just this is going to happen yeah and I've had a few moments in life where it's things become so certain that it's Mm -hmm. like this is happening and so that was one of them and I actually wrote it on a sticky note how can I honor him put it on my bathroom mirror and I Mm -hmm. asked myself that every day and it's been over a decade now and still most days I ask that
0: Hey, you want something for free that's going to help you with your speaking? Here it is. When I started out speaking, I had no confidence. Eyes locked on my notes or off on a wild tangent, fidgeting and pacing all around the stage. I wasn't getting asked to speak where I wanted to and I felt like I was wasting my time and my audience's time. So you're booked for a workshop or a keynote and the date is fast approaching or you're hoping to land some speaking gigs as extra income and you don't know where to begin. If you don't get extra help, you'll be embarrassed, you'll waste your time, and you'll lose relational connections. And I'm sure that you can be a more confident speaker and transform your audience. That's why I created the Make Speaking Magical video course. During my 20 years of speaking to crowds, I've learned five main tricks that help me walk on stage with confidence and make sure my message sticks. I've been repeatedly asked back by event organizers, spoken at workshops about these tricks and coached individuals on putting these techniques into their talks to give them confidence before a nerve wracking presentation. So whether you're speaking on a big stage or on camera or on a podcast or around the dinner table, the Make Speaking Magical video course will give you everything you need to speak with confidence and transform your audience. And right now I'm giving away two modules of the seven module course for free so that you can learn to connect with your audience and then really put all this into motion to make your speaking magical. Go ahead, get two modules of the course for free right now just by going to my website alexstreet.ca you can find it there or find the link on my bio in my instagram hurry though because this is only going to be available for a limited time what does that look like today like on this day this this wednesday that we're recording this
1: being here i think (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Telling my story, crafting my story that, you know, it's a little outside the comfort zone and that is how I see honoring him.
0: It's so fascinating that that honor all of a sudden becomes this really important word for you. Mm -hmm. Um, At least it shows up as being important. And I would say, well, if it shows up like that, it probably had importance before that and it just took this light switch to really say, hey, like, this is important for you, honor. So, yeah, what does, what does honor, what does that even mean? I mean, think about it in the most definitive point of view or place that you could put value to that word. Like, what does that actually mean for you to honor the queen, to honor anybody? Like, what does that, what does honor mean?
1: Um, so I always say, and my best friend says, act, I don't know, act as if. And I know that's not, it doesn't describe maybe honor, but again, when I think about my father and who he was, Mm -hmm. he had strong values and beliefs and he was extremely loyal to Mm -hmm. his friends and loyalty is another loyal that's another word and it it comes up on my phone every single day be loyal be authentic be loving um so yeah I would say it is very important to me but I always think of it in terms of honoring myself and my beliefs honoring you know the people that I have loved and lost because you know it's more than just my father these days Mm -hmm. as well and um yeah again that authenticity as well right that yeah. something that's a big driving thing so.
0: so there's this beautiful piece like this is right again thinking what's the what's the point of the story what's the why and you've got this beautiful why moment this beautiful transformative moment that might not even be the the one yet as we walk through this but yeah. we're just we're just here and we're like this is a moment and mm-hmm. and that's what's so key about our stories is that it's not just one moment that changes changes the 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 story it's it's there's many moments you just get to pick one that you tell at any given time and if this was the story that you tell then it is a story of honor it's a story of honor and and respect and um and loyalty and authenticity like again these are massive words that showed up that really like significantly became a part of your life in this tragic moment of grief.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: These now, these words, these, what these words mean about me, about him, about every relationship that I have, these, these are things that I have carried that now become definitive to who I am, my identity.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: That's significant stuff. So how did you shift from there to now? I mean, like what what is the last you know few years between those moments and who you are now um, that gets you to be this to to this point where you're like I want to help other people do the same thing?
1: Right. Well, one of the big things was surrounding myself with really amazing people, uh, supportive. People and people that had the habits and values in place that I really wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very blessed that I was introduced to my best friend, Sarah, and she is somebody that is so kind and giving and loyal and authentic and embodies health in all ways. And she was somebody that really definitely helped me and is is an inspiration and a support as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But in terms of becoming who you know I wanted to be, it was focusing on small daily actions, really. Yeah. And not that there wasn't bumps along the way, but learning to be consistent versus being extreme, which was a huge shift from what I had previously done when I had a poor relationship with food. And when I was younger, you know, talking about that diet mentality and everything being about aesthetic, it was always extreme. It wasn't Mm -hmm. sustainable. It was, you know, again, it, it wasn't about health, but when it became about my health and I identified that the life that I wanted to live and became so important to me, to live that required things like energy that required things like stress management Mm. that required changing my sleep habits and routines. And so all of those things and putting that into place, it became a lot easier. Yeah. Just to be consistent versus extreme.
0: And this again, you're like, how do I go to school if I'm not healthy? How do I go to to school? to learn about health if I'm not healthy or like to become a health practitioner if I'm not healthy um and and then you like at what point do you decide okay all right I'm getting a handle on this I can go I can like in I can choose that this is who I am enough to go and learn
1: Well, so the same week, actually, that my father passed away, I got accepted into nursing school. Oh, there we go. So, yeah, it all kind of happened at once. And which was a great thing, I think, because I had that moment, that shift of, okay, this is happening. And then, you know, going to school, it was like, now, you know, I know that I have to embody this. Yeah, okay. It's really important to me. And... Um, I think we can all thrive when we have multiple obligations and lots to do as well. And again, it was being introduced to some awesome people. So the first day of school, I sat beside a classmate who is now an amazing friend of mine. And it turns out she was a professional Olympic weightlifter and a personal trainer. And we became very close and she, I said, will you take me to the gym? <laughs> and she did. And so we used to work out in between classes as well, which was pretty awesome.
0: I just imagine going to the gym with, with a power lifter or weight lifter And like,
2: <laughs>
0: I would be like, you know, the 10 pound barbell. Be like, oh, oh, and they're lifting. I don't know whatever they have, 400? I don't know what they're lifting, but...
1: Well, the amazing thing about her... So again, that confidence piece, right? Mm-hmm. And the gym was and is her fierce, amazing place. And I remember being intimidated by the people that were there because, again, I didn't feel like I I belonged there. I didn't feel like yeah. I loved, you know, the mm-hmm. the part. And And she said you deserve to be here as much as anybody else your health is no less important and again coming to those words that and those memories that Mm -hmm. stick in our head and I remember my shoulders kind of going back and standing a little taller and I'm like yes yep that is that is why I'm here yeah I deserve that
0: Again, like let's take this is this is what's amazing, right? So you talked about this moment when you're eight years old and somebody says something mm-hmm. that makes you believe something else. Now we fast forward, I don't know almost 20 years later, and a close friend, um, somebody who becomes and has become a close friend and is taking you in this new experience and new journey, says something. It's just one sentence. But it shifts. It helps you step into and actually probably break free from that first comment
2: mm-hmm.
0: 20 years later, 15 years later, right? Mm-hmm. And then somebody else steps in and says, no, 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 wait. And I think what happens, is what she's saying is she's actually saying the thing that you know deep down is actually true, but this other layer of false truth, lies got in the way Mm -hmm. and she somehow had these words that broke through as you've been working on yourself for, for, you know, a while up to that point, Mm -hmm. um, maybe softening that foundation that you'd built. She cut through that to help discover the thing that was already there. Yeah. right.
1: Cause as you said, it was my, when I was young and as we talked about, we don't give credit to children often, Mm -hmm. but also, you don't know the whole picture, right? And so I get, well, I was young, and I kind of made the correlation that the people that I perceived as beautiful had things easier, then, you know, you kind of grow up and realize that that wasn't the case. But that when people put time and effort into themselves and their health and can show up more confidently that is what makes the difference
2: hmm.
0: it's so good like there's just this it's like so practical right so i keep trying to like go to the abstract and the mystical and the story and what's in there and you're like look it's just really practical it's really simple <laughs> You just make consistent daily choices, and that's going to make the difference. That's going to make you be able to apply for that job.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Like that. (laughs) And then we go, oh, that's it. Um, And yet, so many of us are still not doing it. Why? Because of that deep seated, like limiting belief that something that has been told to us, that story that we continue to live in that tells you that you don't belong. Mm -hmm. That you're not worth it, that you are different, that life is hard for you. It's easy for others, but it's hard for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All things that you were believing for so much of your life, and then a few different things happen. but ultimately, if we we could hinge it on this conversation, where your friend, the Olympic weightlifter, says, you deserve to be here. Your health matters as much as theirs does.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so you, your shoulders go back, you stand up a little higher and you start walking forward into this like new you that isn't new. It's the old you that has now been like uncovered. Am I right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it. That conversation is, again, one that I think about often Mm -hmm. if I'm feeling, you know, a little insecure or because we all have those moments no matter where we are. And I remember that. And it's something I'll I'll tell to my clients as well. Your health matters. You deserve this. You deserve to feel great.
0: And and this is what. That's the beauty of this. That's that's really that's the transformative power of the story, because when you go forward, Leah, and, and now you you say um, my story is one of, you know, I grew up thinking that I wasn't good enough. I grew up thinking that it was life was hard for me, but easy for everybody else. I just constantly thought I don't belong here and I don't you know, I don't see myself as valuable. Um And then, uh, you know, through tragedy, I decided to shift my life radically and make intentional small decisions. The radical wasn't the decisions. The radical was to make the change. And then as I made those consistent small decisions um, to focus on my health, one of those decisions was to go to a gym with my friend who was an Olympic weightlifter. Like you think about comparing yourself and thinking this is easy for you and hard for me. I mean, you're putting yourself directly into that position where, of course, as I say, you're, I'm going to struggle lifting up the 40-pound weight and she's <laughs> lifting 400. And so – but in that moment, this person who has all the authority, who has all the honor, all the respect, all the accolades, all the power, all the, the wisdom, everything that you could want, um, everything that you kind of look up to and respect – she turns to you and says, you deserve to be here. Mm -hmm. It's the king saying to the peasant, come on, you deserve to be here. Of course, right? It's the thing that we don't expect, but we need to hear to know that we do have value in the eyes of those that we lift up with authority in our life. And what's so beautiful about this story is somebody with authority says to somebody who feels like they don't, you deserve this. And then you all of a sudden stand up how you've been created to stand up with confidence, with courage, so that you can now go back and be that person for someone else. And as you said, you say that exact thing to your clients. So you're playing the role that she played for you and saying you deserve to be here, and they're looking up to you. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And they're waiting for you to say that. And as you say that, what's going to happen? Their shoulders are going to go back. They're going to stand up a little bit higher, and they're going to think, yeah, maybe I do have value. Maybe I do have more worth than I thought. Maybe I maybe I am seeing things a little bit, a little bit off from yeah. what they really are. Maybe I should honor myself and those around me. Maybe I should respect and and show up with authenticity, because what's really gonna go wrong if I don't? Or if I if I do? What if these fears actually come to come true? They're not as scary as I think they are. And they're looking to you to carry them through that. That—that's the power of this. And I just want those listening. I want you. I love seeing your faces. You're listening to this. You're like yes.
1: My cheeks hurt from smiling. <laughs> you're like yes. It is.
0: It's power, yeah. right? What do you? What's coming to mind?
1: Um, well, a few things. One, I need to um, reach out to my friend and remind her of the impact that that moment uh, made for me. Yeah. Um, So that is something that will happen today. And two, that, yes, sometimes when I think of myself as that person, as somebody that people look up to, I will experience a bit of imposter syndrome, but then I remind myself that it isn't about me or it is about, you know, it's about them. It's about them being able to have beliefs spoken into them and somebody that is a support because so many people have, don't have that and they need that, mm-hmm. right? And as you said before, those words can be so impactful to people's lives and the decisions that they make. So I want to be that person for other mm-hmm. women for sure.
2: And,
0: right it's, as you said at the beginning, you're like, I want to make an impact. And I know that this gets thrown around a lot, but I want to make an impact.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And I say, as I said, of course you do, because that's what we're here to do as human beings. That's why that's why we exist. Your story helps us survive. Mm -hmm. And as you tell your story, you're going to help other people step out from their story of not believing, not trusting, not honoring into one of value and worth and authenticity. And what that looks like is making those choices. So I just I love that and I love what this just did for you and how this, this empowers you to show up to A, go and honor your friend who had that significant moment with you and yeah, may not even know that she said anything. Um, and I think that's such a good encouragement for a lot of us. If somebody said something to you, you know, we've all got that. I work with enough people to know that often these moments come down to a conversation, Mm
2: -hmm. a
0: small thing that somebody said. And I think many of us are walking around. We've never told that person that they had a transformative impact on our story.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's It's really important to share that.
0: Yeah. And how do you do that? Hey, just so you know, you changed everything for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean maybe, right? Cuz then what could that do for them and and you just don't know. So, um I mean, look, as we as we look at your story, which is a, it's a story of honor, it's a story of belief, and it's a story of of value. Um I think we've defined it pretty well here. Do you have any follow-up any like Questions, thoughts, ideas that you're like, oh, like, what is this? What do I do with this?
1: So I guess one question that I have is that when people ask how or why I made a change and I mentioned that my father passed away suddenly. hmm some people get, I find, so caught up in that, and I never mention that with with sadness or because, as I said, I chose to look at that as a gift, a hard one, mm-hmm. but a gift that allowed me to make a really big change. So I always, <laughs> I want to make sure that we've got a dog in the room. This is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> she was napping, but now she's woke. Um. Yeah, so I just, I don't want people to get caught up on that. So I want to mm-hmm. make sure it's okay to mention that, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, this is the, this is what's beautiful about this is, is the only reason that people respond in the way that they do is because they feel empathy yeah. and, and they, or they feel sympathy and they feel like that's how they're supposed to react. So a major part of my story is that my mom died and there was a conversation that we had a few days before she died that really helped me see the value of story. Mm-hmm. so I can say that and I get, I can go into that as deep as I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was the most significant moment of my life, the hardest time of my life. And yet look at me talk about it now, like it was, you know, getting the newspaper in the morning. I can do that. But inevitably when you hear that, you go, Oh shoot. Like he's experienced death. It's like Harry Potter where they can see the horse. They can see the, 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 the the Thestrals, if they've experienced death, it's like we've been through something together. Yeah. Right? We've, we've experienced something on some level that we understand. And so there's a bit where you want to say, I'm so sorry about that. Or, wow, that sounds awful. And you're right. They kind of black out from the rest, from what you actually want to say about that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a couple of tricks, tools that you can use to, to go into that. And, and one is like choose to go into it you can you know if you're in a speaking opportunity you're on a podcast you're doing something you can choose to go into that as deep as you want to and not use it as a a blip in the story but use it as the significant moment in the story and if that's the case then you can go into what that was like the phone call that you got how that felt the crumbling feeling and then how did you get up off the ground and decide I'm going to honor him Mm -hmm. like go into that because that that is significant and then what you're doing is actually honoring the listeners feelings as well right that wants to know and that wants to connect with that does that make sense
1: it does yeah
0: I think alternately you can go you can fly past that or kind of just use that as a yeah this happened um and make sure that it is uh yeah you know and then uh my father, my father passed away. And maybe just right, like, it's, it's something like that. And you go and I decided I needed to honor him. There's simple wordplay that I think you can use that makes it. If you say my father passed away tragically in a motorcycle accident, there's a lot of questions that come to mind.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: You say my dad died. Not so many questions come to mind. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like there's I'm just, because I start to, my brain starts to try to fill in that story. Mm-hmm. And as I'm trying to fill that in, I lose interest in what you're saying next. Right. Does that all connect? Does that give you something? It
1: does. Yeah. No, that, it. you're right. It makes a big difference in how you say that and the words that you use. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: So I think there's something about that, that as you go forward, you can decide, you know, how you tell that story, how you tell your story, what you actually focus on and Um, that's the power that we all have is we get to decide how we tell it and what we pay attention to Mm -hmm. and using it in a way that we know will actually connect, captivate the audience. Um, that's kind of our, that's our mission now, I think. So Mm -hmm. it is so powerful and I'm just so grateful for you to open up, to share that. Uh, along with all the other stories that you shared here today, and to craft one big story that is full of little stories and significant moments and conversations and and one-liners that have transformed your life so that you can show up today and help transform other people's lives. I am just so grateful for you and the time that you gave here today and the conversation that you were willing to have with me. Um,
1: well, I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always
0: nice to see your face. It is. I was thinking the same thing. It's so great to see your face and your big bright smile as we go through Keep this.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so great. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Hey, if somebody does want to get involved and want to have those conversations with you where you can help them see that they deserve to focus on their health as well, how are they going to find you and and start to have those conversations?
1: Yeah, so um, www.beyondmeasurenutrition.com. And on Instagram, I am at Leah underscore Christine underscore Smith.
0: Fabulous. So go ahead, go start those conversations. If something sparked your interest today, absolutely reach out to her. DM, DM Leah on Instagram. Just say like, hey, this episode meant so much to me, um, really connected with me. You don't have to commit to anything. It's just starting a conversation. And I know that you're up for that, right, Leah?
1: Absolutely, always.
0: Absolutely, there we go. All right, thank you so much. You take care. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation. So please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, or in the Fearless Speakers Academy and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.